Jack, I want to hear all about the wild, wonderful country of Turkmenistan and all its craziness. All right, we're doing the airport thing again. Say you live in New York City and you want to spend copious amounts of money and time obtaining a visa and travel permissions to visit an eccentric nation that you've probably never heard of. In that case, hop on the subway to Queens and get off at JFK International Airport. Go through security, stay socially distanced, and make sure to sanitize your hands afterwards. You're going to want to get on a flight operated by one of three airlines, Delta, Lufthansa, or Singapore Airlines. Once you get on the plane, try to fall asleep. The next day, you'll land at Frankfurt am Main Airport in Germany. Run through the terminal to another flight, an Etihad Airways flight to Abu Dhabi International Airport in the United Arab Emirates. From there, you'll need to transfer onto a flight on Turkmenistan Airlines. After two and a half hours, you'll land at Ashgabat International Airport. The airport is apparently pretty nice, and it has lots of restaurants, shops, bars, a business lounge, and even a prayer room for Muslims to do their daily prayers to Mecca. Once you've finished enjoying the airport's amenities, step outside. You have just entered Ashgabat, the capital of Turkmenistan. Turkmenistan, located in Central Asia, is bordered to the south by Iran and Afghanistan, to the north by Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan, and to the west by the Caspian Sea. It is similar in area to the state of California, and with a population of just over 6 million, it is similar in population to the state of Maryland. Of this population, 85.6% are ethnic Turkmens, 5.8% are Uzbeks, 5.1% are Russians, 1.2% are Azeris, 0.4% are Kazakhs, and the remaining 3.1% is made up of Balakis, Tatars, Armenians, Ukrainians, Chechens, and other ethnicities. The nation's religious makeup is mostly correlated to its ethnic makeup, since 93% of the population is Sunni Muslim, 6% is Russian Orthodox Christian, and the remaining 1% includes Shia Muslims, Protestants, Catholics, Jews, Hindus, and other religions. Turkmenistan is almost entirely a desert nation, with over 80% of the nation being covered by the Karakum Desert. While it may be easy to confuse it with other Central Asian nations, it doesn't help that most of them also have Stan at the end of their names. Turkmenistan is particularly unique, but not necessarily for a good reason. The short history of Turkmenistan has been dominated by despotic rulers, poor decisions, and sometimes just straight up weirdness. I'm going to tell you all about it, right now, on Historia Obscura. Welcome to Historia Obscura. This is the 24th episode of this podcast, and I'm so glad you've decided to listen to it. Special thank you to the Historia Obscura fan who suggested this episode. Special thank you as well to Patreon subscriber Sodak Zach. 
If you want to receive a shout out in every episode, among other benefits, help support this podcast by going to patreon.com slash historia obscura and becoming a patron. One more thing, make sure to stick around for a little to hear a message about the sponsor of this episode of Historia Obscura, Anchor. If you want to make your own podcast, you'll want to know everything about how to use Anchor. While Turkmenistan has only existed as an independent nation for three decades, it has a rich history otherwise. Indo-European people groups settled in the region during the Bronze Age and Iron Age. In the 4th century BCE, the Macedonians, led by Alexander the Great, conquered parts of present-day Turkmenistan on their way to South Asia. The region was also later colonized by the Seleucids and the Parthians. The Parthians established the city of Merv, which quickly became a center for silkworm cultivation. In the 8th century, Turkmenistan was incorporated into the Umayyad Caliphate of the Islamic Empire. The Oyuz people, who are considered the ethnic ancestors of modern Turkmen people, migrated to Turkmenistan from Mongolia around this time, and most converted to Islam. The Seljuk Empire soon took over the region, and this was around when the Silk Road was being constructed. The city of Merv became an essential part of the Silk Road, and for part of the 13th century, it was the most populous city in the world, with a population of over half a million. The Khwarezmians soon took over, and in 1221, the city of Merv was invaded and burnt to the ground by the Mongol Empire. Following centuries of disorganized rule by smaller kingdoms, the Russian Empire invaded Turkmenistan in 1869. In 1917, the Russian monarchy was overthrown in the October Revolution and replaced with a Marxist-Leninist government, formally establishing the Soviet Union. The Turkmen Soviet Socialist Republic was created, and if you know about the history of the Soviet Union, tensions grew between the individual SSRs and the Soviet government. In 1991, the Soviet Union was dissolved, and the Turkmen SSR declared independence as Turkmenistan. Saparmurat Niyazov, the chairman of the Communist Party of Turkmenistan, was elected, with heavy air quotes, as the first president of Turkmenistan. As president of Turkmenistan, Saparmurat Niyazov began the process of de-Russification, which was meant to bring the nation closer to its ethnic background, rather than the Russian culture forced upon it. For example, the capital of Poltoratsk was renamed Ashgabat, and the town of Krasnovodsk was renamed to Turkmenbashi. In addition, the Latin-based Turkmen alphabet was reintroduced to replace the Russian Cyrillic alphabet. Since the nation was transitioning away from a communist system, the cultish imagery of Marx and Lenin needed to be replaced with someone else. In Niyazov's mind, that was himself. Accordingly, he developed an extreme cult of personality throughout the years. 
This included putting his face on all of Turkmenistan's currency, renaming the days of the week after his family members, renaming all of the months of the year just to plug his own autobiography, renaming the Turkmen word for bread after his mother, and changing the national anthem to be all about himself. Niyazov also put many eccentric bans in place. These include banning lip-syncing at concerts, banning dogs from the capital because of their smell, banning opera and ballet, banning men from having long hair or beards, banning video games, banning news reporters from wearing makeup to make them look more natural, banning non-white cars so he could have the only red car in the country, and banning smoking after he had to quit smoking. The weirdest one was probably when he banned gold teeth so as to encourage citizens to chew on bones like dogs to strengthen their teeth. Although he did establish the greatest holiday in the history of mankind, Melon Day. In the mid-1990s, a massive crater was discovered in rural Turkmenistan that was seeping out methane gas. Turkmen geologists had the brilliant idea of setting the gas on fire, expecting it to burn out in a few weeks. The crater is still burning to this day, and it is expected to keep burning until 2050. Locals have dubbed it the Gates to Hell. Some of Niyazov's policies have not just been weird, but also detrimental to the Turkmen population. Despite being home to the fourth largest natural gas reserves in the world, as well as substantial oil reserves, Turkmenistan has a GDP per capita of just over $7,000. It's no surprise how they've squandered all this money. As part of his cult of personality, Niyazov had several gold statues built of him and placed throughout Turkmenistan. Niyazov also ordered the construction of an ice palace in the capital, so that the population could learn how to play winter sports. Remember, this is a desert nation! Now, to the credit of Turkmen officials, they kinda understood this and didn't build an actual ice palace, but in 2008, they finished building the next best thing, a hockey rink. Oh yeah, did I mention that Niyazov also embezzled over $3 billion from the Turkmen government? To his credit, Niyazov did actually notice that his nation was in dire financial straits. So did he stop building gold statues and embezzling money? Nope. Instead, in 2005, he decided to close all hospitals outside of the capital city Ashgabat, leaving half of the Turkmen population without access to healthcare. He said, and I quote, If people are ill, they can come to Ashgabat. I haven't even touched on the fact that religious minorities, Jehovah's Witnesses in particular, are often mistreated in the nation, and men convicted of homosexual activity face up to two years in prison. Turkmenistan also had the third highest incarceration rate in the world, behind only the United States and El Salvador. All the while, Niyazov himself enjoyed copious amounts of food and alcohol but this would eventually be his downfall, and on December 21st, 2006, Saparmurat Niyazov suffered a heart attack and died at the age of 66.
Azov's vice president, Gurbanguly Berdimuhamedo, became president in 2007. While he has reversed some of Niazov's more restrictive policies, he's still a far cry from a democratic leader. According to 2020 World Press Freedom Index, Turkmenistan has the second least free press in the world behind only North Korea. However, unlike with North Korea, Berta Mohamedo has actually met with quite a few important world leaders, including British Prime Minister David Cameron, Saudi King Abdullah, and even U.S. President Barack Obama, whose wife is a graduate of Princeton University in New Jersey. He's also kind of just weird in the same way Niazov was. For example, in 2020, he put up a gold statue of his favorite dog breed, a Central Asian Shepherd dog called the Alabe. The 63-year-old Berta Mohamedo has also adopted a sort of cool guy attitude to appeal to younger generations. Remember the Gates to Hell crater I mentioned earlier? You'd think the Turkmen government would turn this giant flaming crater into a tourist attraction to earn revenue for the nation. But instead, the area has been cordoned off, and it is now only used for propaganda videos in which Berta Mohamedo shows how cool he is by doing donuts around the crater in his car. He's also an amateur rapper and DJ in his free time, and in 2018, he and his grandson teamed up to release a rap song about Turkmenistan. Listen to this. Yeah, watch out Kanye. Speaking of musicians, Berta Mohamedo came to prominence in 2013 after Jennifer Lopez came under fire for singing Happy Birthday to him. But in 2020, Turkmenistan once again became notable for a different reason. According to the Turkmen government, the nation is entirely free of the COVID-19 virus. Now, given that the population is still advised to wear masks because of, quote, harmful effects of dust, I'll take that with a grain of salt. But hey, now that they're supposedly COVID-free, Turkmenistan will have more time for building gold statues and doing donuts around a fiery crater. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Historia Obscura. Thanks again to the Historia Obscura fan who suggested this episode. If you want to suggest an episode of Historia Obscura, send me a voice message at anchor.fm slash historiaobscura slash message. Feel free to leave your name and location, and if I like your idea, I'll make an episode of it and give you credit. Additionally, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash historiaobscura and become a patron. And of course, I can't go without once again thanking this episode's sponsor.
Anchor. They are by far the easiest way to make a podcast, so if you want to make your own, go to anchor.fm. With that said, this is Jack from Historia Obscura, signing off, but not for long.